Right, uh, let's get a show on the road. So, uh, I'd like to welcome everyone to the non Podcast, episode 83. Christian Smith back in Gainsborough, and thankfully work not getting in the way this week. And here in Bracknell, Berkshire, it's me, James Bartby. Uh, kind of missed it after having last week off, so uh, let's talk non league. And just a bit further up the M4 in towards, towards London, it's me, Rob Overfield, who had an interesting day. Uh, non league day. Um, saw some good football, but it's just as good to share it, and that's what we're going to do tonight. And down a foot here in Cheshire, it's me, Dave Buring. Hi. Down a here in Cheshire. <laughs> I was trying to think, because it's, it's not really up. It's not really up that much from Gainsborough. It's a little bit. It's a cross. Yeah. Across the wrong side of the Pennines. Mm hmm. You're Lancastrian, really, aren't you? Um, well, I didn't get to watch any football at the weekend because uh, I had to go to Vienna uh, to uh, do some work. So that was my uh, beauty for the long, non-league day. And uh, I think, James, that your management career is going to be over soon. What was, <laughs> the, what was the score this time for the lads? Uh, yeah, well, we, we played really well, apart from... In uh, one little five-minute spell, and they let—they just seemed to let four in. But the rest of the game, they were superb. But yeah, we we went down six-one, um, but should have should have scored a lot more than that. And to be fair, probably should have won that one. But uh, improvements still. The passing is getting a lot better. And all, all you know, all the lads are starting to get a little bit more confident on the ball and everything. So uh, and are they smiling still? That's the thing. oh yeah, they still love it. Yeah, that's still, the. Yeah. It's only the parents who I mean, start moaning. Yeah, I mean the, the thing is, I'm always one of these. You know, I, I always said if I ever if I ever took a kid's team, I just basically want them to have fun and try and just pass the ball around and stuff. It's it's not about the results. It's not about the winning. Unfortunately, the teams that we come up against, it, it seems that that's all they're interested in is is winning. You know, they, I'd rather I'd rather they get they get good at football. <laughs> Yeah. You could uh, always play Bashley for a, a field with three points. <laughs> well, well, I think I think we're That's jumping at Golden Vision ninety. On, on Twitter. <laughs> well, yeah, I think Bash may uh, have a little thing with you because. Um, I know we'll that's come, why I let in. We'll come to uh, Rob's escapades at the weekend. Uh, <laughs> I think they had a, a bit of fun down there at Hampton for non-league day. But as you've already mentioned, Bashley. Can you start with Bashley, please, Rob? I can. Many times we've mentioned Bashley um, on the podcast. Patrick Watch every week. And they're the ones who are the victims. Uh, Or it's either been the fact that end of last season, the situation, financial, you know, football on the pitch and everything like that. But we've got Bashley for a good news story this week. Um... Uh, they've um, actually managed to win a game. It was in the FA Trophy this weekend, and they played Cinderford Town. Slight problem. The manager, even a couple of hours before the game, or even an hour before the game, barely had a team. He could only fit in, find 12 players to put out. Um, and his only substitute was a keeper, which made it interesting, because halfway through the game, they lost the striker with an injury. So... Nil-nil at half-time with a goalkeeper playing up front. And um, would you believe it, a keeper playing as a target man? 
No, that's not. You don't find that in non-league. And in the end, they managed to uh, manage to snatch um, a one-nil victory, and they've got a, a very nice uh, in the next round of the trophy. So they haven't won um, for over a year. There's only been one game in twenty that they haven't lost. And in the Southern League, South and West, they've already conceded 51 goals this season. So my team of the week is Bashley. For getting a win, putting a smile on the faces of the fans, and also making one hell of a great story for everybody else to talk about. Yeah. Sometimes things just go beyond the league, and in a cup match, anything happens, and it did. So well done, Bashley. Well done, Bashley, yeah. Super result. Please don't angrily tweet me. <laughs> Are you fucking up to them now? Yeah. <laughs> the important thing to me, um, so it's the Sindford Town who are sitting pretty in the league and also beat them at the start of the season 6-0 on opening day. And I do recall beat them some like 4 0 um during the preseason as well. Mm. So it's not not a bad result for them to get that and a little bit of extra prize money always comes in helpful. They're gonna play on the thirty first against Mangosfield as you as you said, Rob. So it's gonna be interesting uh, to see what happens as they go through. So yeah, Bashley uh, going to be our team of the week. We weren't going to start with them, but it's the it's one of those feel good non league stories before we go into the non league uh, <laughs> non league day. And I, I think James has got some strong opinions. I'll I'll let I'll let him uh, have the rant today because uh, Rob's in a good mood. Because what happened from a Hampton perspective? Well, it was one of those matches where it's one of the few matches we've actually dominated from the start. We're playing Hendon. Those of you who remember the Ryman League last season remember Hendon were in the playoffs and were quite fancied to actually win the playoffs and go up alongside um, alongside Maidstone. Uh, or was it Margate? I've forgotten already. And um, unfortunately, they found it tough this season of Hendon and they came to Beverley on Saturday afternoon and, believe it or not, Hampton managed to, th- managed to stick five past them. Uh, admittedly, um, Hendon did have two players sent off, but the third, second one was couple of minutes before the end and didn't really affect the game that much but um you know when the manager interviewed after the game says we were lucky to lose by only five it gives you some idea of the domination that um the boys in red and blue actually managed to managed to earn for once and let's hope they can you know they can carry on with that um uh, tomorrow night when they go to merston so yes non-league day in front of 470 odd which is a 30-40% increase on the usual gate. Enjoyed a good afternoon in nice weather and they saw a few girls and a bit of excitement. So, yeah, yes. it, it was a big result, as said, because that that, uh, that Ryman Prem table is looking very, very tight because Hampton currently ninth, um, but are only six points off Leeston who are, who are top. So, mm. you know, if, if, it, if I mean, they, they've played more than any of the teams around them. Um, or any of the teams above them, mm. so you know it's a, it's a bit it's a bit of a false a mm. false table at the moment. But points in the bag are better than points yeah, in potential. Of course, yeah. And uh, you've mm. you've got the um, you know if you if if you can get that run of form going when a table's that tight, it doesn't take much to, no. to climb up. And um, Hendon were kind of a team that we 
put forward as possibly challenging at the, uh, at the you know we I think did you go for Dulwich? I think did one of us go for Dulwich for the for the predictions? I, I went for Hampton, but I think Dulwich and Hendon were mentioned as being challengers. So to see Hendon mm. right down there is um like the nineteenth at the minute. Mm. Uh, both Rob and I said Hendon. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, I've never been good at this at this is predicting back. You know, I was one of the only people in the. I think it was. Uh, what were in World Cup 2014, where I actually managed to win a predict, um, um, sort of like a, a tipping competition by getting more more results wrong than right. Uh, <laughs> the only reason I won it was because I kept getting the scores right rather than the winners, you know. So. Well, I do recall um, last season my tip got relegated, so uh, it looks like James is off the same way with Telford uh, at the moment. <sighs> you just won with that lie, will you? <laughs> but, um, right so yeah non-league day it was a bit later this year than uh, usual but uh, I'm going to jump back to something that uh, Hocker Day takes over at Kidderminster and the last person I know out of us lot who's seen Kiddy uh, was you Dave uh, what sort of game was it and uh, what do you make of this management change you get to yeah. chat to all the managers yeah, um, the manager on there, he go around again. Um, yeah, I saw Kitty play um, Welling, um, not this Saturday, just on the one before. Um, very sort of tight, cagey first half. Um, Kidderminster set up sort of not to lose more than anything. They played some really good football the first sort of 15, 20 minutes, passing-wise, but just struggled to break Welling down. And then the half sort of drifted. Second half, it was kind of over in five minutes. George Porter scored a really good free kick. The keeper maybe should have had it. And then Porter, on a counter-attack, was fouled. Um, red card for Tony Cliff. And from there, Welling just saw the game out. Uh, I suppose the cynic would call it sort of dull. And the, you know, But it, it was a professional job by them. I mean, Kidderminster aren't... I know they're bottomed by quite a way, but they've not been too bad. They've not really been battered by anyone. They've just been a bit short up front and conceded a few sloppy goals. In terms of Hocker Day, I think it's a tough one. He did an okay job at Forest Green on significantly less resources than the club seems to have now. And he had a very brief stint at Leeds, which was, you know, too brief and chaotic to to give a judgment on. But he's, he's someone who knows the division and knows the level, so I, 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 I think you'll do well there. The interview you gave on the, the BT Sport highlight show after the game, very in-depth, very kind of balanced and um, kind of upfront about what flaws the team does have, so I think he knows what a big cast he's, he's got, and I, I found Kitty a really nice, really friendly, sort of very welcoming community club, and it'd be great to see them stay up. Yeah, as you say, they're, they're quite adrift at them. Now they're, what, eight points behind uh, yeah. outside the drop zone. Mm. Um, but you'd, you'd, fan, you'd fancy Hockey Day to turn it around. I mean, I've just been reading on the... He's just taken a couple of premiership youngsters in on loan, so um, he's obviously got some mm. good good contacts. As if The lad who um, scored at the, the consolation goal at Matt for the week, at the weekend, I've just forgotten his name. Just, Hockey Day's just got him on, on loan from Walsall as well. I believe so. He's certainly got good connections 
sort of further up, like you say. Yeah, which could which could stand him in good stead when you when you're looking at the teams, you know, FC Halifax, Southport, Torquay that are all mm. all down there. You know, if he if he's got connections that can just bring in those uh, you know those youngsters that have that have had a Premiership upbringing um, or a football league upbringing, it mm. you know it could just give him give him the edge he needs. I mean, you know, this there's 30 games to go. I'd be amazed if Kiddy was still still down there. Um, I would expect to see them finish probably probably around about 14th, 15th. Now I think would be would be pretty decent for them. Maybe even more if he can you know if he can turn it around quicker than that. But it's, you know they they haven't they haven't won a single game yet. Um, you know and they've played eight at home, eight away. So you know it, it's that home form that he really needs to. Um, to sort out, doesn't he? You know, it's cliche, we know, but you really do need to be taking points at home before before you can do anything else. I mean, to only have taken three three draws, uh, three points out of your total seven at home, it's um, mm. you know that that's got to be the first thing. Obviously, the defence as well. They seem to be scoring goals, sixteen and sixteen, and not brilliant, but you know they've let in twenty eight. So yeah. again, you know, he's got to. Make uh, make Agber a fortress and uh, and get that defence sorted out as well. But you know this he's a he's a decent manager. We've we've seen it in the past. You know not notwithstanding his spell at, at Leeds, but um, yeah, I fully expect this. There's a lot of teams, a lot of smaller teams in the division, and there's quite a few that are in in a bit of financial trouble as well. You know, the likes of Torquay and that. So I would certainly expect them to be to be in mid table you know relatively relatively quickly maybe you know into the new year you would expect them to be out of it i would say so under sort of previous circumstances but they have had to have the um playing budget cut by half before the start of this season so i i still think they'll probably stay up but i i, I don't think you can sort of expect miracles i think maybe about 18th 19th would be my prediction personally I think they'd all snap your hand off if you offered that to them. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough, yeah. But, I mean, you know, like I said, there's, a, there's an awful, you know, you've got the clubs that have come up, you've got all the part-time clubs in there as well, and like I said, there's a few with, with financial trouble, so, I, you know, I certainly do expect them to, to pull clear of it. Well, I'm going to be pessimistic for a change, and I don't. Really? I think, okay. uh, I think the troubles they've had off, pitch the last couple of seasons are what's really going to do from here and you can have a great manager uh, come in like Hockaday has been but he's then still got to try and fix the off the field antics and I think that's mm. what's really going to do for it more than the actual results and the morale of the, the team is going to be well are we all going to get paid next week and all that sort of stuff that goes that's been going on and it doesn't take a lot for Worcester uh, if they decide at the end of the season, or they they try and get their their season goes downhill. They're not bringing in as much money for the ancillaries as well, and I think it's a it's a sad situation because I remember when Kidminster used to be a big club, and yeah, football league club from two thousand to five. Yeah. That's what I mean, a, a big club as far as we're concerned at our level. And it's, it's a sad situation that's going on there. But uh, I want to come back to non-league day. And we've got some interesting little things that we'll try not to jump into the end finally. But you, you had lots of things going on with good goals and uh, obviously power cuts and all the, the problems that we see. But why was it a month later than it usually would be? 
when potentially it's an FA Cup weekend, so you could have half the teams not actually in action because of uh, FA Cup commitments? Or? Yeah, this, this was my big problem with it this, this time. Um, you know, we, we all know how good a, an initiative this is, and you know, it's it certainly helped raise the profile of league football. I just, yeah, the, the, I mean, one team I know, Nantwich Town, I think they had quite a lot organised around their game at the weekend, and they lost, they lost the game because it, because it was an FA Cup weekend, and you do just question the wisdom of doing that. It's normally in, in the September international break, isn't it? Which I don't think is generally a, a cup weekend. No, um, it's not. Perhaps, I think perhaps the problem was that was it was FA imposed with that was um, it wasn't a case of whether the two clubs agreed it it was FA imposed due to a I think some kind of disciplinary issue about player registration I think a game had had to be replayed and the FA had said it will be played on this day and apparently from what I understand there was very little discussion of any kind from the clubs they weren't just given any opportunity we just said this will be played on this day which and, doesn't doesn't really look good. But that's but that's the thing. You normally wouldn't get that happening. No. Obviously, it can happen, but you wouldn't normally getting it on a, a weekend that's not scheduled for FA Cup. No. Um, and that's that's where I've I got confused as to mm. some months later. And I know, like in the Van Rama North, there's only two games went on mm. because you can't organise something if you don't know who you're going to play until two weeks beforehand. And it seems quite a quite a rush thing, and as to why it got moved the month later. But as would be the case in non-league, as we all know, people uh, get on and they try and do the best of a bad thing. And uh, what sort of things were going on at Hampton at the weekend? Well, there was a, it was very much aimed towards um, basically towards making it a family day out. Um, there was. Uh, there was cut price tickets, basically, you know, two adults up to three children, and I think it was ten pound for everybody. Um, there was an offer that would have, that I'm sure that I'm sure Dave might have appreciated was because he's he's nearer this than we are. Was the fact that if you were a full time student and you had a valid ID, you could go along for half price and bring a friend for free. That's really good. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how many took up, took it up, and then there was. There was a, there was um, a free training session in the morning led by Alan Dawson and the coaching staff for again for the kids you know the under 16s um, but that was you had to pre-book that you had to put your name down you couldn't just turn up and take part and there was all these kind of things that made it more of a family atmosphere I mean just basically aiming at the aiming at the children aiming at families trying to get people in that might not have come to football before. And um, I think it worked. Um, like I said we got, you know, thirty, forty percent bigger crowd. And um, again, as I said earlier, they got to see a, you know, and a, a pretty exciting match. And hopefully, it might entice them back in the future, knowing the fact it's a it's a friendly, safe place for a family to go. And occasionally, you might actually see a good game. So. You know, that was basically, you know, a lot of what we did at Hampton. And uh, we're just waiting to hear the feedback now from the community to find out how it went. Well, that's that's the thing. So 
the BBC put a different spin on it. They put a, a spin and that it was boosted by being an FA Cup weekend where uh, I don't know whether any, has anybody seen any numbers uh, or any predicted numbers from the of what the games were like the from the attendance. Uh, we know Bashley's game uh, was seen uh, last weekend by 75 people who watched them win their first game for 19. And so that's uh, always good news. But it does seem a strange thing uh, to do as far as I'm concerned, put it on a, a weekend like that where you also don't get the, the rivalry and you don't get some of the extra atmosphere that you'd want at a game. Mm-hmm. Although a 70-yard goal is cracking, no matter what happens, mm. uh, which is what happened at Wilson where he just keep went to whack it up and uh, he went in. So uh, yeah, I've just watched that goal actually before we recorded. It was, <laughs> That's just what I'm watching now. Uh, so. it's, yeah, it's a it's a it's a decent hit. I mean, there was there was one in the uh, in the Bundesliga last season at the start of the season, which um, was maybe a little bit better because he kind of hit it on the volley from the edge of his own penalty area. It was a the record for the longest goal in the German. Um, but yeah, because uh, he, he has a good look up and then and then hits it. Perfectly, doesn't he? It's a, it's a really good team. It's a bit like, uh, I suppose, a bit like Beckham's at, at Wimbledon all those years ago, isn't it? Um, so it's a, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do that even without anyone else anywhere near. <laughs> I doubt I'd be able to even mm. kick it that far. But to actually be able to do that, you know, I'd probably sprain something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd need half a dozen goals to get it that far. <laughs> I can do it quite often on FIFA. It's easy. You hit that X button, always going down the other end of the pitch. <laughs> yeah, well, some of us don't even do that. I mean, I know, I know um, in, the, in Guernsey's game, um, we'll mention them again in the hat-trick watch, but in that in that game, um, we I was tweeted um, a, a video of a, of a fantastic goal as, as well, which was a, like a, a volley. We, it was something from about 20, 25 yards out, I would say. It was a quite a spectacular goal. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, I've just looked through the Ryman League, you know, uh, the Ryman Premier fix. really think there was any massive increase on crowds, I wouldn't have said. I mean, mm. Hampton's obviously was a little bit up on there. Yeah. Well, it says something about, the, about all the matches in the, in the six matches there were in the Ryman. That um, Hamptons was the biggest with 475. Yeah, I mean Farnborough's at 456. I guess might be. That's might... The, that, that's the village. Sorry. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah. There's um, Farnborough at the minute struggling to get anything over 200. And I'm guessing Leatherhead 283. I'm guessing there's quite a few Burgess Hill made the trip, but mm. when you look at VCD and Met Police only getting 85 and 94. Hmm. So it does it. Wouldn't suggest that not only a massive effect in in our division, in Hampton's no. division, but no. then no. again, we haven't. Other than I mean, Dulwich Hamlet, of course, they had theirs last week, didn't they? They did. Uh, mm. They did a few mm. little things, and I think they got about eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred there mm. uh, last week for that. So, you know, I mean, not only it's a it's a fantastic thing, and long may it continue, but. You know, I just wonder how many, how many times it, it'll work. Do you know, you know what? Mm. Will it? Will it always 
get that get those crowds swelling, people carry on going. If if they did decide to go on non league day, I mean, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how many how many fans started going because of non league day and still go now. You know, for how many is it? Is this the fifth, sixth, sixth year? I think it's about that. Yeah. Was it twenty ten? I think something like that started. Mm-hmm. Um, be wondering if you know, be interesting to see. I mean, me personally, it was uh, non league day. Well, I think we were. I think Hampton were away, so I went the week after. Um, to Hampton to my first game, we lost four 0 to Chelmsford. That was back in 2011. So I mean, it non league day got me. I planned to go. It, it got me actually make the decision and actually go, and uh, I've been hooked ever since. So it worked for me. <laughs> I know I'm sort of preaching to the choir here, but kind of with non league day, I think that the kind of major sort of media outlets on football could have such a huge impact in making it a success if they really wanted to. The BBC have done a little bit, to be fair. But, you know, on Sky, there was virtually no mention of it. Oh, and you think, the, you think the kind of sway that Sky have and the exposure and how many sort of hundreds of thousands or even millions of people will probably watch Sky Sports News in a given week. You just think, had there been a little bit of a publicity or even pressure from the FA for them to to publicise it a bit. I think mm. something like that would make a huge difference because non-league clubs and even non-league leagues like for example the University of Premier and things don't have the resources to kind of advertise it and get what it's about out there to as many people because there's just not the, a big enough platform. And I think more than anything else, more than the data or anything, that's what needs to change. Yeah, mm. I think I think you're... Um... Mm. I think you're kind of clutching at straws there, Dave, to think that the FA could pressure Sky, <laughs> Sky Sports into doing anything. I think the FA are now third in line to uh, to football in this country behind Sky Sports and the Premier League. Um, mm. I mean, um, Premier, League, Premier League clubs themselves could yeah. could put it um, in the programme the week before or, you know, and advertise mm. it on their websites. I mean, obviously it's yeah. wishful thinking and I'm talking sort of theoretically, but I do I do think a lot more could be could and should be done to promote it and it would make such a big difference oh yeah without question it certainly would but you know i mean you you just you wouldn't get man city and manchester united saying that salford are at home next you know yeah or whatever you know you just you might get ones like watford or bournemouth or crystal palace you know possibly saying that one of their local teams but on then on that note uh, millwall did a good deal where millwall season ticket holders could go and watch fisher athletic for three pound fifty on non-league day and i think it was about twice the price or something for other fans so it's a really good tie-in you know it's Mm. and it builds i think there's quite a strong link we kind of loan players and youth development between the two clubs. So something like that, if you're a season ticket or a member of one club, and it kind of, you know, it forges that link as well, that they all kind of become the second team. Absolutely, but then they don't just need to wait for non-league day to do that. I mean, at Hampton, we've done it all season before, where a Brentford season ticket holder can come in. Half price. Half price with a, you know, and... It's, you don't have to wait for one day of the season to do that. No, it shouldn't. But I was just saying, it's it's something they've done, and that's at least a positive from yeah, a bigger yeah, club. Everything, every little every helps. little bit helps. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's one. I mean, it's, I mean, there's there's pretty much two permanent deals at Hampton. There's that with the, you know, in fact, 
you know, you could even be a card-carrying member of the supporters groups. I mean, there's two or three. And as long as you can provide, your, you know, provide evidence with your membership card or your season ticket, that's a half price. And then one that's very popular on non-league day, but we at Hampton do it, you know, 46 weeks of the year, every time, you know, where it's a case of, uh, okay, if, if there's a full-paying full adult, up to two children can get in free. You know, we've never been restricted those deals to just one day of the season. It's a permanent thing with us because we're always trying to encourage people to think of the club as part of the community, part of their local area. They don't have to go off to Bentford. They don't have to go off to Loftus Road to watch football. They can stay local and see a pretty decent game, you know, every other week without costing the earth. I mean... From I'm sorry to to bang on about Hampton all the time, but it it helps on a day like non-league day if you do get that extra 70, 80 fans through the gate that you go and spank someone five nil. True, because there's a good chance that a few of them might just come back again. Yeah, or at least be more agreeable to you know the suggestion. You know they've seen so they've seen a good game, they've seen you know how you know, a friendly place. And if they don't have a gift of Brentford supporters and they don't have a game or the Rangers supporters and don't have a game, they know if they really wanted one and the club's at home, they can go down there and, you know, have a really good afternoon out. That's that's a lot of what non-league day, I think, is about. Not necessarily getting them through the gate immediately, but just getting people, people in the local area to recognise that there is a club that's, OK, it's not a professional club, but it's a hopefully a well-run club. And it'll always be friendly. You're not segregated. You can, you know, you you can just enjoy your afternoon without feeling that you're an anonymous face in a crowd of a few thousand. I mean, after I mean, that's one of the things I like about non-league, and we're probably all the same on this, is the fact that, you know, after the game, we can go up to the player and congratulate him on a goal, or, you know, shout at you know, not well not shout at him, but complain about him getting sent off, or talk to the manager. You know, why is this? players substituted why has he been you know why have you brought him in and I just think you can't do that you know when you're a Brentford supporter Queen's Park Rangers supporter Chelsea supporter you can't do that I've often said for the big clubs you're not a supporter you're a follower you don't support the club you follow them at non-league level you support the club because you're there you pay you pay your 10 pounds or whatever it is you go and buy your program. You buy your, you know, if you want to drink, you've got drinks. If you want to pie, you, you can get something to eat, and you actually support the club. When you get up to the likes of, you know, league clubs, you're not a supporter; you're a follower, because a lot of the time you'll say, "Oh, I support such and such," and you've never been to the game. Well, that's true for some fans, but yeah, there's I mean, a lot the, of people who support yeah. bigger clubs and go and watch them every week. Yeah, the same at every level. Exactly. It's a, but the thing that bugs me is when you get them in the street, they've never been to a game, but you'll see them in a, say, like a Tottenham shirt or a Manchester City shirt. I mean, there was, I mean, at the game on Saturday, I saw a young kid in a Leicester shirt. Would you believe? <laughs> I'm thinking, Leicester, down here. But this is the thing. Get kids to realise that the football isn't just about the Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two. Football goes from the, you know, the fields at the back of their house all the way upwards and it doesn't matter where they you know what level the football's at it's football and, and it's there to be enjoyed and if we can get if we can get them to realize that that there are clubs all around them then a di- you're starting something 
might not see the fruits of this for a few years to come, but we may see it in the future. And that's why I think we need to at least keep doing something every year to keep the non-league game in everybody's eye. The the other downside to doing it on um, an FA Cup day is I don't think it, it carries us. I mean, we all love the FA Cup. I just don't think it carries the same the same weight as a league fixture because I, I mean I'm I'm looking at AFC Fylde here and they got 390 mm. to their match against Coles Hill Town, and that's lower than they get for their league games. Mm. Yeah, Part of, the- of course, that means. The you know Coles Hill Town playing the Midland Premier League, so they won't get big, big crowds, and that's that's the point. Then, though, isn't it? that's the problem? Then you don't get the away support. Another so thing that they, when they played um, what a month ago when they played FC United, there was eight hundred and twenty-one. If you mm. could get a game like that, where you'd get a big support from both clubs, you know you'd, you'd, they got over six hundred for for the visit of Stockport mm. and. So I, I, that, that could be the other downside to a to a doing ma- on a cup day as well. The major problem about do, about about this is the fact that for a league match, you can you can make ticket deals. You can do yeah, of course, but, but you're not allowed to. For you, cup you're day. not allowed to for FA sanctioned competitions like the cup and the trophy and the vars. Mm. You're not allowed. You've got to stick to your normal admittance prices, your normal arrangements. That is the major problem about when non-league day coincided with cup matches. Yes, the clubs course, concerned yeah. can't do anything. All they can do is, you know, publicise the game, talk up the game, you know, and generally try and make it so people at least interest of their interest peaked so they can come and, you know, see what it's all about and hope they don't look too much at how much it costs to get in. There's this, one thing, sorry, Karen. Yeah, this is, this, is this is part of the problem about doing it on this Saturday and you're running into cup matches. The clubs are basically handicapped by what they can do. If it's just ordinary league fixtures, they can do what they like with the agreement of the other club. But when it comes to a cup competition, it's not allowed. And so that's why I think it's an element of shooting yourself in the foot with this one. The date should have been the September break, not the October one. The other thing I'd add about it being FA Cup weekend is that the only time non-league really gets any other exposure is when there's non-league sides playing FA Cup games in sort of the first round, second round, third round, mm. when they're up against the league club. Now, I think that if non-league day is to be a thing and to be promoted, I think it should focus on the leagues because just there's already kind of a non-league focus on the FA Cup. And I don't want people to think that non-league is just about kind of FA Cup underdogs, you know, there's 40 odd games a season at, mm. at each level, sort of national and regional and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you, you're so right, Dave, on that one. You're so right because for lot for lots of clubs, the league, you know, is the bread and butter. The the cup is basically like the icing on the cake. That's a little extra, but it's the you know it's the it's the day in day out, week in week out slog from August to April that needs recognising throughout, you know, and bringing to people's attention, not cup matches. Um, you know, it, it's just not, you know, it, it just seems to have been missed out this year for non-league day just because of its its timing. I don't think it's been, you know, everybody's been talking about the cup or the trophy because it was a mixture of the two. But nothing, you know, the, the league matches just barely got a look in. Um, so... 
I think the the powers that be in the committee that organised on Day might have to just go back and think, well, it might be better for particular September in the future. Yeah, just because uh, just to, to raise some things on uh, some of the points that you've been saying, Bob, is that supporters of non-league, uh, sorry, uh, non-league make the difference between mm. whether the club's successful or not from a purely financial point of view, if nothing else. Mm. Whereas you go to Chelsea, their budget is so many millions already, they could have nobody. They could play behind closed doors and it wouldn't actually affect the running of the club. No. They get so much money from TV, from sponsorship mm. deals, it's off the water. Off the um, out of Roman's pocket. Yeah, but it's, it's not just them. It's all, all of the big clubs are like that. Mm. And, mm. and then Sky Sports, they're never going to promote anything that's not going to make them money. And not. the only thing that makes them money is the sports that they can charge a premium for. Mm. Um, while it's nice that BT... Um, do their best with the non-league game I've the cynic in me says that now they've got European games and they've got more Premier League games their support for the non-league is going to start waning because they've they've got the extra ones that they really wanted in the first place and I've just been through 17 pages of FA News and it's not even mentioned on there because mm. uh, FA aren't bothered if it's not the uh, not the England team Mm. or it's not something that's going to attract hits from thousands of miles away um, to do the FA Cup further on its stages or the Premier League. Mm. Mm. Everything in there is, is not bad, even grassroots. The the closest I got to seeing a story was somebody saying that Greg Dyke loves non-league day. Well, brilliant. Yeah, because it was a better game, wasn't he? Yeah, because he didn't want to go to Lithuania because it's cold. Uh, so... Not that, uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to turn into a normal bashing session of the FA, but it's just great. Or Lithuania, pardon. Or a bashing of Lithuania. No. Which I can say has some very nice churches. It's only it's it's two nil at the moment uh, with uh, Barkley and uh, uh, I don't know who that guy is. That's how much I follow the England team. Who's Arkenless? Super. It's no goal. It's no it's looking at me. <laughs> Harry Kane, apparently from the feed I'm looking at that they scored the goals. Wow, whoopee do. <laughs> so that and that's the thing. No, I agree with you, Dave. I'm not gonna bash Lithuania. It's uh, it's um, a lovely place as most of the places on the continent are. It's just that's the problem I have with the FA is that they don't want to promote it. And like we've already said, you can't do any cup deals. You can't do anything because it's FA Cup weekend. You have to have a set price in. Otherwise, it would be very easy for file to say, oh, yeah, bring a, a pound for everybody to get in because they have to give half the money away. And mm-hmm. some of the richer clubs will use that as a way to disadvantage, disadvantage the smaller clubs. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it would be interesting to see the difference when the, the dust settles after the weekend and mm. uh, further into the week when people have actually said, well, what the attendance? Was it higher? Was it lower? Um, did it make a difference? And anecdotally, in my quick, quick glance through football webpages, attendances for the weekend, it didn't seem to make a huge difference whatsoever. Um, but uh, it's... It's a shame because non-league day as a concept to try and publicise and promote is great and fully supportive. We wish that I wish there was more, but it, it does seem there's something lacking this year. One thing there wasn't anything lacking with though 
was quite a few goals. Uh, we've mentioned Fylde already, and I think we'll be mentioning him again in the old Hattrick Watch. And about now, it's time for Hattrick Watch. And I apologise, Dave, at some point I will share this with you. In fact, I will do it now for you so you can at least see. Um, not that it makes too much difference because I just get James to read it all. Um, <laughs> especially the Ryman Prem. James, we had a we had a uh, one in there. So right, I've just sent you a link to it, Dave. But uh, we're going to start with the, the aforementioned cup competitions where Fylde beat Lowly Coles Hill 9-0. Um, including two hat-tricks, one for Danny Rowe and one for Matty Hughes. In um, another all-conference, sorry, all-Vanarama National League North uh, match, uh, Jordan Robinson of uh, Robertson, sorry, of uh, Alfreton, he scored a hat-trick as they beat Hensford at Hensford 4-2. Um, we did skip last week, so I'm not going to go through every single uh, FA Trophy preliminary round uh, game but it was interesting to note that uh, Winchester grabbed another hat-trick uh, away uh, Warren, Warren Bentley again yeah yes that's his first one for a little while I couldn't remember his first name so I could only see Bentley I knew I knew it that's why it stuck out to me um, so yeah we're gonna jump down now to uh, my my pick for player of the week um, they were 2-1 up I believe at this stage, and then Lee Gaskell up there at Darlington, or over there in Derby, if he was over Micklover, he scored a 10-minute hat-trick in the second half as uh, Darlington continued the the march up the uh, table uh, with a 5-1 victory at Micklover. So uh, 52, 57, and 62, so evenly spaced as well. Yeah, definitely. That would be... Thing. Is that the fastest one we've had this? I know we've had an 11. I don't know if we've had anything sh- shorter than 10 minutes, have we? Yeah. I think that might be the, sh- the quickest one this, this season. It could quite well be. I will have to do a check and find out. But I just thought it was... Uh, it's also the evenness, just the, yeah. the low CD of having every five minutes. Uh, it's, uh, it's nice. And a question. I have a question, actually. Maybe one for uh, Rob's friends who are FA, who are FA accredited referees. Mathematically, the forty-fifth minute is the start of the second half. How can somebody score in forty-five plus one? That's stumped you, that hasn't it? It's something I, I came up, started thinking about. That doesn't make sense. No, 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 no. There's, there's actually, if you think about it, the first minute is from the first second to the 59th second. Well, so is therefore, it? So, yes, it is. It is the first minute. So, the, so describing the 45th minute, it means you've scored between 44-01 and 45-00. Yes. So, so how that's can the 40, you score 45 plus 1? Because people like to basically make it clear that it was in the time that referees added on. Yeah. You know, they shouldn't, because it should just be should just say forty-five. That's yeah. it. But it was, it was it was just one of those things. Go just the saw, and it's like, well, hold on, because the forty-fifth minute, forty-five oh one is the start. It's the second half. It is the start of the second half. That class is the forty-sixth minute. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be just one of those little things that came to me in a uh, nice drunken time on Saturday night. I was uh, trying to work out what happened 
for the for the football because uh, Trinity um, managed to throw three nil up at half time, threw away three goals, and thankfully um, had our defender Matty Wilson came on, played in midfield, and scored. So uh, we managed to progress. But uh, I, I'm digressing a little bit just just because that just came back to me after seeing that 44 plus one. Uh, so here we go, second half hat trick here. Starting on 45, it uh, was for Robert Doran at uh, Prescott Cables. They beat Osset Albion 4-0. He actually scored in the last minute as well because he scored in the 90th minute. Not plus one, but 90. So we can we can hope that it will be nice. Now, there wasn't any in um, anywhere else in the Northern Premier League, but uh, there were two for James to pronounce in the uh, Ryman Premier League. Well, what's the yeah, Pat? That's not a problem. That's easy to pronounce. Yeah, Pat Cox at Staines, uh, covering three <laughs> goals as they beat Billericay. Now, maybe we should actually get Rob to pronounce this person Leatherhead, as he's obviously got to do it if he needs to go over the tan oil doing his radio commentary. Well, thankfully, I don't have that to do. Um, the day I ever appear on the radio is, uh, I'll just dip over the tan oil. It'll be a, it'll be a long day. But um, yeah, I can see the one that. Um, uh, Carrie Guinness, I know yeah, that bit. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm just trying to read the report on here. It doesn't give his full name, but it, it's, it's written in the match part as Vas Caragiannis. Caragiannis. Yeah. I've got Caragiannis, Vasilios. Vasilios, yes. I apologise, but uh, he grabbed a hat trick, and they actually beat Burgess Hill, so it's not a bad result that either uh, for Leatherhead. Yeah, very, very good of them. <laughs> <laughs> And we do actually go down to the Southern Prem. And the Southern League are back with a vengeance with uh, Jarvis grabbing a hat-trick for Hungerford Town in their 5-1 victory at home to Bedworth. And then a team... (laughs) Are you laughing at? I've just seen... I don't know if this is the hat-trick you're going to talk about. I've just seen seen one, so it's okay. I'm about to talk about Egham. Yeah. On the 29th... They on the 29th of September they won seven nil away, and on Saturday they won seven nil away. So the last two home games, the away games, have won seven nil both times. Mister, I don't know what his first name is because it's not on the thing. But Pashash, Pashash, don't look at me. He he actually grabbed two goals in the previous seven nil victory and three uh, in the victory at, uh, away at Arsley. Yeah. Um, according to the non-league paper, the guy's Baz, name is ba- Bajram. Bajram, 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 Bajram And do you have uh, Mr. Lasasso, Larasso's at uh, Beaconsfield, who Let's beat? Have... Who? Uh, because we skipped last week, this goes back to the 28th oh, of September. Oh, I haven't got that in front of me now. It's it's quite old that one. It's 28th mm-hmm. of September. The Beaconsfield beat mm-hmm. Beaconsfield uh, three uh, five nil. And then we've mentioned Bashley. They did not concede a hat trick at the weekend, but their opponents in the next round of the trophy did concede a hat trick um, to Banbury United. So Johnson at Banbury United grabs a hat trick. Ricky Johnson. Is it Ricky Johnson? Is it? I don't know his first name because the website just says Johnson. So mm. well, I, like I said, I'm cheating. I've kept the non-league paper in front of me and I'm flicking through the match reports. I'm cheating. It's in a different room. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
So I say Mangsfield lost 3-1. So hopefully on the 31st of October, uh, Bashley will be able to keep their cup run alive and uh, get another victory with that. So we've gone through, we've, we've had a little moan uh, about the FA, Sky Sports, supporters. of. Uh, I never mentioned that uh, maybe Manchester United and the big boys would be more happy with non-league day if they could put League 3 in. Um, so I thought I'd go too far. But there were some good things coming out of uh, non-league day. And we've seen some absolute scorches of some goals. But uh, I think, James, you've got one that... Uh, Probably need some cookies. And finally, the part of the show where we take a look at the lighter side of non-league. Send any suggestions in to at non-league pod or at under the league on Twitter. Let's see what we've got this week. Over to you, James. Yeah, so, um, well, actually, got to credit Rob for this one. He uh, really wants to keep his Twitter handle under wraps. So uh, he's, he's, he's found this one this, this time. Um yeah, this was from uh, Cheltenham Town. Um, well, it was a it was Gateshead striker James Marwood, um, but it was a it was a, a tweet from Cheltenham Town which brought it to to light. Um, basically, Gateshead striker James Marwood is playing without a name number on his back because one of his colleagues spilt chocolate milk all over his shirt. So uh, while he was wearing it. So he had to he had to change and therefore was playing in a in a blank shirt, which you know I think is allowed. I, I believe that's that is mm. that is permissible. But yeah, uh, no, you've probably never spilled chocolate milk. Eh? It's, uh, it's a lovely, lovely little story. There was quite a few good. Little, they always seem to come to light, don't they? On non league day, then we we had a team giving away eggs this this seat, this time and last yeah. season there were, it was mushrooms at at Bunga Town. But yeah, then. Yeah, chocolate milk spilt over a shirt, so he, uh, he had to change and wear a blank one. I had a look at that story, but I just skimmed it. Hey. <laughs> no. And uh, James Marwood... There's uh, no use milking it, is so, there? You know. No. <laughs> you two, behave yourself. <laughs> it's usually me that's putting things up all of these. <laughs> I, I've been watching uh, Dave post all sorts of bad puns on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, James Marwood obviously is the, uh, I don't know where everyone knows, he's obviously Brian Marwood's uh, lad. Yes. The former yeah. Arsenal striker. And Hull uh, City. Well, we didn't mention Hull because much we didn't get to talk about last week, uh, Hull United, mm-hmm. uh, something was going to do. Something that I've realised I've just missed as well, um, it's nil-nil in the Hendon-Kingstonian uh, uh, match going on live tonight. Um, we obviously didn't get a chance to talk about the Hendon situation with a couple of their players having some rather drastic uh, suspensions uh, levied on them. But... Uh, we're all back to normal and hopefully we're back to uh, everywhere next week I will be in Wales this time next week I'll be out there on the Pembrokeshire coast uh, after hopefully getting a sample of some football this weekend but uh, Dave it's been great having you on again uh, what are you up to this weekend? Um, I'll be uh, in Gisley, uh for their game against uh, now managerless Forum Wood to be interesting to see if they, uh, they have a new boss installed for the trip to Nethermore Park so it would be uh, would be interesting. Are you going to interview the uh, the caretaker boss at uh, uh, Boreham Wood? Because I know you've you've got your series of uh, managers who you've been interviewing. Have you got anything new up on under the league yet? Um, not on the interview front. Um, there's a match day piece 
from the Kidderminster uh, Welling game, uh, which has been up for about a week. But on the interview front, um, nothing, nothing at the moment. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, some more to come. And if you want to throw some abuse Dave's way, you can always follow you at, uh, at Golden Vision 90 on Twitter for some of your comments tonight about certain teams around the uh, around the leagues there. And uh, James, uh, under the league, you've got uh, yourself, you've got uh, Dave, and you've got a team of writers uh, working for you, I believe. Uh, well, yeah, this is quite dormant at the moment. There's uh, not, not mm. enough to be writing. Um, but yeah, it's underleague.com. Uh, Facebook and Twitter is under the league. It's, uh, it's been great as ever. It's good to be back after a week off for us all. And uh, yeah, let's hope we get plenty of uh, things to talk about for next week. Yes, and uh, at Rabid Robo is still under wraps. You know that's going to be so underwhelming when we finally find that out. <laughs> it probably will. Probably it's will. Gonna, it's going to be the name of his cat from about twenty years ago or something. <laughs> uh, but, nothing, nothing quite as mundane as that. <laughs> but Rob, um, we can always follow you at uh, Rabid Robo. Uh, what else are you gain up to around there? Is the blog up and running again? Uh, the blog will blog, blog will be awake, and when there's a topic in football that gets me gets me started and gets me ranting. Which is basically what it's, uh, you know, it's there as an outlet. Um, so that may appear this week if something mm. kicks off. Um, well, I should could write a good news one about England winning all ten qualifying games. It's only the sixth team ever the, to do it. The day I resort to writing about the national team will be the day when they <laughs> carry me home. And it's only half time; they could still lose. Exactly. Um, but uh, in spite of that, I shall be at, I shall be watching uh, the mighty Hampton take on Merston tomorrow night, and then I shall have a weekend off from football. Uh, I'm under I'm under higher orders next week because it is my wedding anniversary weekend, so football is not on the agenda. So I get a, I get a Saturday Saturday's company with the wife, and you can always follow the game on Twitter. Um, you can always follow the show on Twitter at Non League Pod, and uh, thank you very much for guys who've uh, tweeted into some hat tricks this week. It was Gaz Hobbs, uh, it's uh, Chilton Lama, who uh, tweeted about the uh, Ross Allen hat trick. We we do read them, and sometimes we do retweet, and we do uh, follow a lot of clubs trying to find some new stories. If you've got any new story, just tweet us at Non League Pod. You can always go over there and visit the uh, Facebook page, uh, the Non League uh, Facebook.com. Uh, the normally podcast uh, you can go to the show and you could subscribe on iTunes the best thing for us if you could leave a little review on iTunes it helps uh, we may not be quite as polished um, as the uh, non-league show on the BBC but then we don't charge you uh, £100 a year over to uh, have the privilege of listening to us uh, we'll give them we'll will pay you if it needs to be <laughs> <laughs> but uh, whatever you do uh, I just thank you for listening 